Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by a pair of co-hosts. I've got with me WizKid Jeremiah Johnson and handsome Jamil Hussan. How's it going, guys? Been a while, boys, but glad to be back. It's good not to have to fill in the airwaves with my voice. I'm sure people like that, so... Uh, well, obviously, it's it's great to have you guys both here, especially this week, because guys, this is it. We're at the last week of the regular season. It's been a, a hell of a grind, a glorious grind, but we finally made it. Uh, we've got the the postseason coming up starting next week, but we got to look first at how we got to the place where we are at now. Uh, week nineteen, uh, a huge week. Destiny, destiny's made, hearts broken, uh, big wins, big losses. Uh, and so I think it's only fair that we start by talking about the matchup that had probably the most impact of any uh, of the matchups from the previous week. Of course, I'm talking about the showdown between Mike Kaminsky and Ian Stads, I guess, Stadelman. Uh, playoff chances on the line, but it was Kaminsky who was able to pull out the win 209.4 to 174.9. Uh, so that leaves Ian at 10 and 8, Kaminsky 13 and 5. He's looking good for the playoffs. What do you guys think? Man, uh, Ian definitely needed to pull out a little bit of a miracle here, even though Mike's, you know, we know Mike's traveling for a bit. But, uh, yeah, he couldn't get it done. 174 ain't going to cut it. Yeah, I mean, like, Mike isn't good in that performance, but Ian is just awful. This is basically what I've been saying to Nick for the last couple weeks is it's hard for Ian to put together consistent weeks, so. I mean, obviously, this was a a bad result for Ryan or uh, for Ian, I should say. Uh, And I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that that let him down. Uh, But this isn't a great result either for Kaminsky. Like he did get the win, but he only got 209 points. He had a a lot of disappointment from his bats. He got less points from his bats than Ian did in the loss. So uh, I think there's a lot of concern on both sides after this one. Yeah, but I I don't know. We were just me and Richard uh, and Tilla were talking a lot during the cottage weekend of how Kaminsky's kind of coasting right now. And uh, I don't doubt that he'll flip a switch once postseason comes in, which is where he comes in as a scary threat, in my opinion. I mean, I do have doubts. I mean, you Darvish doesn't look like he's going to be back this year. Um, Mike's had some injuries, but like lately his team just has been real shit. Like, there's not really any way around it. And uh, I think it's concerning for him for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing to consider with uh, with the Illuminati is like there's there's been injuries all season, but right now at the point where these are the last you know uh, matchup acquisitions that Kaminsky can use solely just to you know move chairs around, get ready for the playoffs. Like he's he's had a playoff spot clinched for a while now, so this should be the time when he's really gearing up his lineup. Uh, to to be successful in the postseason, but he hasn't really been able to do that so far. I don't think so. Like, here's a question I have of Kaminsky, and we're going to have to find out and see. But, like, do you drop Brandon Morrow and Tyler Skaggs and guys like that if it means you can add players to win a particular week? Like, I, I'm not convinced Mike would do this if it meant his playoff life. I think he would cringe at giving up away free value like that, and he wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't do – well, he's, he's got other guys that's droppable before those guys, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Well – like, why is he DLing Jesse Winker? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> That's a good point. I just don't. Like, 
another point, why are you DLing Miguel Cabrera? Like, I get he's a good player, but he hasn't been good in almost two years. You could DL Trout and Darvish and add two players. No, Mike's been in love with Cabrera. I don't think he's ever going to let go. It's it's over, man. Like, the guy's 35-plus. Even if he's good, he's not good for you this year. You don't need him on your roster this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think uh, for Kaminsky, like, he's just such a natural trader. He has to hoard these assets, but... Uh, you do make a good point. Like there are some guys he really can let go of at this point. I I just think his roster is not optimal heading into the playoffs, and he's waited so long that like unless he uses his ads this week to set himself up and just throw the matchup, which you know doesn't really have any implication for him anyway, then he's going to be in a tough spot. I wouldn't be surprised if he loses round one. I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I'd I'd probably still kind of think Kaminsky will you know by the end of the week. Who kind of use those ads and drop guys that he should probably drop. Like, I don't know, you know, Jeff McNeil. Love the last name, but I don't know if he's going to cut it at second base. And, uh, you know, like you said, Jesse Winker as a DL spot, that's very questionable. So, But I think he, I think by the end of the week, we should see some activity. I'll be very surprised if there's none. Mm. Uh, we got to move on, but before we do, I want to call attention to one thing on Ian's side, which is he had a, a tough decision to make going into Sunday. Uh, he was hoping, you know, to maximize the starts. He thought this is a matchup he could win and, and secure a playoff spot. Uh, so he ended up calling up Ryan Barecki for the the Toronto Blue Jays. He thought that you know this this might be a good opportunity to to get a big start out of him. Uh, he'd put up big points against the the Yankees before, but uh, put up that negative ten spot this week. So. That was a, a crushing blow, and now that leaves Ian in a, a bit of a roster log jam. Yeah, definitely definitely a gamble that didn't work out. Mm. Well, we can uh, talk about the highest-scoring team from Week 19, and all, an honor we always like to recognize here. And it was interesting, a, a real week of haves and have-nots, because we got uh, two really big scores in the 300s, uh, but we also got a, a lot of subpar scores, like in that other matchup. But the, the top-scoring team of the week was indeed our good friend, Mr. Jeremiah Johnson, uh, putting up 368.5 to 242 for Jastish. So not a terrible total, but Jeremiah blowing him away in uh, week 19. How does that feel? It feels good. I mean, I don't want Jastish to make the playoffs. So, I mean, just on that alone, I mean, the matchup is meaningless, but to dent his playoff chances is just fantastic, especially with all the trash talk that this league owner likes to throw down. So, uh Happy with the result. I mean, you had to bounce back, right? And bounce back in a big way. And Acuna is uh, heating up at the right time. But we'll see how if uh, that stupid uh, Urania thing affects him. But, man, 368 is so obviously a big number. Is it's, I think it's the second highest point total of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're rolling here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, not only because of the loss, but for, for a bunch of different reasons. I think, Jeremiah, there were some teams out there who were doubting you a little bit, thought maybe you weren't the the fighting champion you are. But uh, this is obviously a, a big win. I guess the only concern is whether maybe this is peaking too soon, and this is a, a week you could have used in the championship, but you, you gave up for a less important matchup now. I, w- I will say, though, I'll say it to give you some... Fun little insight. I won't. I won't give any give any any names. But uh, on the car ride home from the cottage, uh, as Jeremiah was, you know, potentially about to lose out to RKR, a bunch of uh oh, I actually want Jeremiah in the first rounds was kind of pointed out. So <laughs> that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, 
I mean, if they want to face 368 in the first round, I mean, be my guess. But, I, I mean, am I peaking at the right time? I don't know. I mean, you don't really get to pick when you put up monster performances, and you just got to hope that your team could put up this kind of performance in the playoffs too. Mm. So, I mean, not not to force you to tip your hand too much, Jeremiah, but are there, you know, roster adjustments you plan on making? Do you feel like this is a, a postseason optimal uh, lineup right now, uh, especially in comparison to Kaminsky? Yeah, so, I mean, like – Kaminsky and I are in the same situation. The difference is I don't give a shit about certain players. So, I mean, I'm just using this week to kind of set up for, for the playoffs as best I can. And um, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's only one week, right? And so it's kind of do or die. But I mean, now's a good chance to set up your roster. So I would advise all teams to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A good strategy. Uh, obviously, this is a, a crushing blow for Jatish. Uh, who's 10 and 8 now, uh, he had a, a great sp- uh, chance to really sort of try and lock up that conference qualifier slot, but uh, we'll talk more about his playoff situation in a minute. Uh, but I think it's also important we uh, we recognize the second highest scoring team this week just because it's our own Jamil Hussan who put up 340.5 points, uh, more than enough to see off Garth McInnes who had 258.5. Again, not a terrible point total, but Jamil, you were you were hot this week, and it seems like your your team is hot in general right now yeah like uh, you guys a lot of people didn't know like i probably should have been on a still on a winning streak if i didn't drop a stupid mistake to cam uh last week pretty much i had that win in the bag but all my starts on sundays didn't count because uh mr hector velasquez had a spot start i had no idea that was gonna happen because uh i had no data left during the cottage weekend so that fucked me over but but i was happy to get this high point total and obviously this win is the one i needed because i in the beginning of the week, I actually thought Garth had a chance. He was putting up uh, crazy good numbers to start the week. Kevin Pillar, of all people, was killing me. So at the end of the day, it's good to get the W done. Mm. So, I mean, the the week before, obviously not a great week for you, but uh, two weeks ago, you had another 300-point performance. I mean, uh, I guess the, the question stands, like, do you feel this is a, uh, a team – peaking at the right time are you confident that you've sort of hit your form as you approach the playoffs i mean i'm hoping so i I think the last uh 300 plus points i've dropped came with a couple of uh, two start pitchers coming up clutch with 20 plus points so if that continues into the playoffs uh, i'm pretty i like myself as like the dark horse type to knock out some uh you know the flexes and the kaminskis of the world so that that'll be nice and obviously I'm like to aim like realistically. I think my my team is capable of 280 per week, so 270, 280 with all the new changes into the team. So I'm hoping that comes into the playoffs. Mm. Uh, so we can we can talk about Garth McInnes a minute here. This loss drops him to nine and nine. Uh, he'll be within one game of 500 for what feels like the upteenth season. And you know, like looking at this matchup, he had some good performances. Uh, Pilar was mentioned, but he just had a, a lot of missed opportunities in terms of starting pitching and just wasn't able to get it done in the end of the day. Uh, he uh, is officially eliminated. It looked originally like he might still have a chance, but no, he is eliminated from the, the playoff contention. Uh, do we have any sort of parting words for, for Garth M's season as it was? Uh, no, not really. I mean, this is kind of what he does every single year. He toys with our hearts and looks like he's strong and then finishes the year at some variation of 10 and 9 or 9 and 10. And so this is just business as usual for Garth. Mm, I gotta say, 
there there are a few owners who have had as wild valuation swings uh, as Gareth M this season, where he went from being sort of seen as as terrible to being seen as you know a dark horse team, and and now somewhere in the middle. So uh, it seems like only a fitting ending for him. Yeah, like pretty much Jeremiah hit it to the T. This is your typical Garth M type season, and not really surprised. Mm. Uh, well, we flip from Garth M to a Garth who could win when it counts, Garth Newton. Uh, Garth N was taking on RKR this week uh, in Week 19. Uh, he really needed a win, and he did get one, uh, 226.1 to 130.3, so not exactly the, the most resistance from RKR. Uh, but Garth uh, Garth N did get the W. Uh, what are your thoughts on this performance from him? Um, well, he needed it, like you said. And, you know, RKR... You bottled up all the voodoo lot on Jeremiah, so I'm not surprised at the result here. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's not much more to say than that. Uh, obviously, uh, RKR has already had the highlight of his season, so everything else is just gravy now. Uh, and you know, it's not a, a flashy win by Garth End, but he did what he needed to do. Uh, it's how he's gotten it done for most of the season. He's got a, a good balanced lineup. He gets you know guys who can get some points basically on the daily, uh, and he has enough pitching that he can make up any difference and and overcome the obstacles. So, uh, you know, you want to be alive going into week twenty, and he is now, and uh, he did well to put himself in that position. The only thing is, this kind of gets at like the consistency versus uh, peak argument from last week, right? Like the two twenty six. Do we? Do we like the consistency of the low 200s or do we like the peaks of the upper 200s come playoff time? Mm-hmm. In terms in terms of Newton's performance, I mean, going into week 20 and his face off as well. Like, is this does it bode well for his chances overall? Probably not. Yeah, but he should be happy with, you know, if he makes it or not. Like, with the roster that he had coming into the season, I'm pretty sure nobody expected this, like we've been saying. So he's pretty, he's pretty had a solid season so far. Yeah, I mean, I think assuming he does make the playoffs, in any playoff matchup, Garth Newton's formula for victory is very simple, which is that he just has to, you know, get the points he normally does and hope the other team suffers some sort of collapse. Uh, the odds of that, if uh, if you're playing a, a good team, are probably a little bit lower than the, the odds he's been dealing with during the regular season when he's been winning against lesser foes. Uh, he hasn't topped uh, 269 points since week one of the season, so I think that should be a, an indication about just how uh, how consistently middling his team has been. And you know what? There's something to be said for that, but uh, you're right that come playoff time, that's maybe not the asset it is during the regular season. But uh, looking around, we've got some other matchups we can talk about. Uh, I think we can take a look at a, another one of the Vaz preview matches. Uh, this one featuring Aiden and Akusia. Uh, and it was Aiden who was able to take this one with 261.9 points, a, a very good total from him, to 177.6 for Akusia. So a, a bit of a bounce back, but still not a victory. Uh, this win jumps Aiden to 5 and 13, Akusia 2 and 16. Uh, so it looks more likely than not that these teams. Uh, will be both in the the Vaz potentially meeting each other in the first round. I mean, what are our, our thoughts? Obviously, these aren't playoff caliber teams, but uh, do do we have strong feelings about either one of these owners? Uh, is Aiden a lock for Vase, or is it still kind of in between him and Ash? I think. Uh, it it's still in between. He could pop up to Europa yet. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, if he pops up to Europa, I I think all bets are off, but. 
if he can stay in the base somehow this week, I mean, he's got to be the favorite for it, right? Yeah, I mean, Aiden Aiden's team is a lot better than what its record would indicate, and especially in terms of just the the talent he's got on it at this point. He did a good job of, you know, acquiring guys who are useful at the uh, trade deadline around that time, and just in general, he's compiled a, a pretty strong roster on the whole. So even though he's, you know, in the 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 Vaz contention right now, he's still got a, a decent team at least. Uh, and from Acusia's perspective, obviously, this is a, another loss. Uh, I feel like, you know, there there's only so much you can do when you inherit the roster she did. And uh, I, I think, you know, it would be nice to see her win again in the near future. But it seems very understandable if not. Well, I mean, I think any week there's a chance for her to kind of jump up and bite somebody, especially in, in the Vaz matchups where there's teams that aren't particularly very good. I wouldn't count her out of the base consideration yet. I just think she's not the favorite. Mm. Uh, that's fair. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how the, the Vaz, 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 whatever competition goes down. Uh, we can preview it a little bit more in a minute, but uh, still focusing on week 19. I think we can talk about my matchup now. Uh, I was taking on respect for the game. Uh, really needed a win and some luck to stay alive. Uh, did not get the luck, spoiler alert, but did get the win, uh, putting up 219.6 points to 136.9 for Cam McInnes. Uh, to be quite honest with you guys, I really didn't pay attention to my team from about Thursday onwards. It was uh, pretty clear I was going to win, and mostly I was just scoreboard watching other matchups. So I can't really offer any unique insights into my team's performance other than, you know, it was a win, and that's uh, a good sign indeed. So, like, are you still alive in the playoff uh, format? No, I'm not. Initially, it looked like I was alive, but the fact that Ian and Garth Newton play each other means that uh, I'm not. Well, that's unfortunate. So, what's the game plan? (laughs) Uh, I mean, right now, uh, I want to win Europa. That's That's a first step. Uh, I think this season has, you know, done a good job of highlighting some of the strengths of my team uh, in terms of like stud players. The the studs are studly. Uh, Jacob Degrom deserves the Cy Young. I don't care about what his win loss record is. Uh, Jose Altuve is, you know, when he's healthy, uh, one of the most consistent, productive hitters in the game. Uh, but you know, you don't win uh, fantasy baseball championships with just two workhorses. You need to uh, find that good supporting cast and. Uh, I got a little bit unlucky with the draft. Uh, some of the guys didn't pan out. Uh, some of the keepers didn't pan out. So I think that's the the next important thing to reassess and see where the, the talent is and how I can build a team going forward. Are you uh, at least a little bit disappointed that these wins a little bit of a little bit too late here? Because I know you dropped, you won two in a row. Yeah, I mean, but... that, it's true. Uh, and like, I mean, I don't think that my, my 219 is anything spectacular, but uh, it would have helped out, you know, in the, the two weeks I lost immediately following the uh, the All-Star break. So uh, it was unfortunate that, you know, I sort of shot myself in the foot right out of the gate. I thought I had a, a good chance to go 5-0 and in the last five weeks and uh, really play my way into the comp- conversation. So that not happening is is a disappointment. But, you know, it. I always prefer to win than lose. It's not a situation where I would have, you know, rather lost uh, and, you know, somehow finagled my way into a better Europa position. I'm, I'm happy to win. Yeah, that's pretty respectable. You're a respectable 9-9 and could finish over 500 still. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it is interesting to note, though, this is like the first really bad week for respect for the game in, the, in a while. 
I mean, respect for the game has constantly been above 190 this season. This is like by far the lowest point total. So uh, I don't know if this is, you know, the the league office management sort of easing off the gas a little bit. I don't think it's deliberate or anything. I just think that it's a, a little bit interesting and really a reflection of just how well this team has done for so long. I mean, it's sort of Newton-esque in its consistency, but uh, took a took a week off here. Mm. I think it was also expected after all the sell-off moves Cam made for that team on the deadline. So this was bound to happen at some point. Mm, very true. Uh, well, speaking of Week 19, uh, I think we should talk about our good friend Jeffrey Chow. Uh, Chow had a matchup against the other Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lim, the, the showdown, the Battle of the Jeffreys, uh, and it was Lim who came out on top, uh, 180.5 points to 130.4 for Chow. Uh, so Lim gets the win, and at least for the time being, is out of the is out of the vase and into the Europa. So good for him on that front. But guys, I mean. Uh, what what are your thoughts? I guess on on either of these teams. Uh, <laughs> At least it would have been nice if we, the battle of the Jeffries are more exciting, but this is what we get, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was stupid of Lim to get out of the Vaz. It's the only thing he has a chance of winning. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. If Lim pulled off at least one win in Europa, because he's done a very good job of getting big wins just, you know, infrequently, but when he needs them most, so that's good for him. Uh, I will say for Chow, 24 points from your pitching over an entire week, including getting seven starts. I mean, oof, boof. <laughs> wow. That's, that, that's, uh, that's very hard to hear. Mm. Yeah, I I had a this is a, a side analogy, but I had a teacher in high school who thought that he said the hardest mark to possibly get would be a one because it's easy to get a zero, easy to to not try and and absolutely fail everything and and you know get a zero, but to do enough that you get one percent in a course would be truly impressive. Uh, so on a similar note, I think twenty four points from your pitching, uh, especially with seven starts, that's that's a level of impressive. Wow, that's, that's a great analogy. Yeah. It's uh, quite the skill, I <laughs> think. Uh, and on the other hand, Lim did it almost all with pitching, 140 points. Uh, he got uh, four quality starts at a, at a seven-game started. So, you know what? Good for Lim and, and good for Lim's pitching. I, I'm just wondering if he actually tried to, uh, you know, uh, he probably couldn't help it with Chow only uh, doing 130, but I, I was one, I'm wondering if he actually tried to win this one and tried to get, get himself out of the vase. I mean, say what you will about Lim. I've, I really don't think you can accuse him of tanking in, in any major way. I mean, he's been pretty consistent and earnest in his efforts. His team just, you know, generally sucks. Maybe he just sucks. <laughs> maybe, it's not his te- maybe it's not his team. Maybe he's rubbing off on his team, or conversely, his team is rubbing off on him. Uh, leave him alone, guys. Jeffrey Lim is a great owner. You heard it here. He's he's a cool guy. Come out to the cottage next time, Lim. Uh, okay, well, a couple more matches we can talk about. Uh, Flex Fox, the the man who's atop the Flex Fox family, uh, taking on Cam McInnes uh, in a, a major showdown. Uh, and Cam's ass was truly in the jackpot in this one because he lost a, a crucial one uh, by a score of 221.8 for Flex to 198.3 for Cam uh, of course, Cam's main team could not even get 200 points in this one. Very disappointing. 
I mean, Cam is just limping into the playoffs at this point, right, guys? Man, I was looking, I was scoreboard watching, and coming into Thursday, he had like less than 30 points. I was like, what? How is this? Like, how did I lose to this team the week before? How can people say that they want to face me when they don't, and like, don't want to face Cam? Like, uh, I want to face like, Cam. Compared to years past, like this is the probably the worst team he's he's had coming into the playoffs. Would you? I don't know if you guys would agree or not. I mean, it's been interesting. He's he very much the anti Newton because he's had the highest highs and the lowest lows. Like he put up three hundred points basically in three straight weeks right before the All Star break, and since then he's his highest score is two twenty point nine. So he's just been uh, really bad since then. Uh, I can't entirely figure out what it is. Obviously, he's got some injuries, but. Uh, I think, you know, they, there's a little bit more to it than that. And I, I think by Cam's own admission on Slack, he's not feeling very good about his playoff chances this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that he uh, he thinks he's going to go very far. I know that he's been public about that. And can you blame him, really? I mean, Probably, like, too many fringy, like, type pitchers has caught up to him. You know, like, last year worked out, like, Charlie Morton had a breakout, Jimmy Nelson, but... This season is obviously, uh, you know, an opposite. Well, and I don't know. Maybe you guys will disagree with this, but I feel like in general, league manage- managers on the whole have been much more active this season, especially on the, the free agent pool. And, you know, anyone who gets a little bit hot is snatched up right away. Uh, anyone who's young, who gets gets promoted, who isn't an own prospect, gets taken, you know, within hours of their call-up. So uh, I think that's hurt Cam because that was one of his great abilities is to, to find these guys and, grab them right away but it seems like he's got 19 other fishermen out there catching these uh these big ones uh, so we're almost done with week 19 uh we can first talk about uh the matchup between richard tillo and chris kennedy uh tillo was uh the victor in that one 260.8 to 219.3 for chris kennedy uh so uh chris kennedy obviously already in europa but uh further confirmed here whereas tillo i mean what are we thinking about his playoff chances i mean we'll talk about like the you know who's facing who potentially in a bit but he's looking i would say he's looking pretty good uh these last couple weeks and you know it's surprising to see that he's won 13 wins no one really saw that coming so he's got to be happy with the season he's had no matter what happens in the postseason Mm mm-hmm I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about playoff dark horses and and that, and I think that could be Tillo's role uh, this postseason. I mean, his team's not one that jumps out at you on paper. You don't look down his his roster and say, "Man, that's a that's a good lineup." But it's been very effective in terms of overall results. Uh, he's got a, a bullpen that's able to get points uh, on a consistent basis, which is what you need. And you know, the, these sorts of results just confirm that it's uh, it's not the highest point total in the league, but it's it's a pretty good one, so I think Tillo's a, a team you might want to watch out for uh, a little bit. I don't even think he's a dark horse, though. Like I, I really think that uh, he's probably a candidate, one of the top three or four to to go far, wouldn't you say? I mean, I guess if you're sort of dividing, I I would divide the playoffs into three three tiers. You've got you know three favorites, two dark horses, and and three warm bodies. Uh, and using that system, I would put Tillo as a, a dark horse. But uh, I think we're sort of hovering around the fact that he's probably the number four team in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I think so. Definitely, I would put him ahead of Cam right now. And to, for him to go far, he's got to need, uh, you know, Chris Sale and Judge to kind of be back for him when, when he needs him. So. Mm. 
uh, yeah, and uh, Chris Kennedy, obviously, uh, there was a chance a uh, time when he had playoff aspirations. Uh, now looking at the Europa, he does have some good pieces, though. It'll be interesting to see where he goes next season. But, you know, uh, results like this, he doesn't even really put a, a scare into the playoff teams with those. Man, it's f- feels like it's been like a distant memory when he was 5-0. and Hmm. <laughs> Half a lifetime ago, man. More than half a lifetime ago. Like, two lifetimes ago. Well, we got one more matchup we can talk about from Week 19, and it's one with big implications for the playoff chase. Ryan Neeson, the man we all thought was dead, uh, but he's rising from the grave with 36.9 points, uh, which was enough just barely to knock off Ash Sebastian and the Moneyballers, who had 156.9 so key win for Ryan gets him to ten and eight. He's he's in position for week twenty. Uh, Ash not able to stop him here. Uh, guys, what do you think about Ryan? You can take the floor, Jeremiah. There's nothing to think here, guys. I mean, Ryan is completing the comeback. Nick is gonna get a foot to the face. Things are going well. It's a good time to be alive. I mean, I will say. Uh, this is obviously, you know, a, a good win for Ryan, even if it is only 236.9 points. He did have a, a good balance between offense and pitching. Within his offense, he had good p- uh, balance. Within pitching, he had good balance. But, I mean, even if you accept Ryan will make the playoffs, which I don't, but if you do, I mean, it would really be quite something for him to win a matchup because I just don't see him as, as that good a team overall at all. Mm. Well, from the... From Ian's uh, article of like, who do you predict is taking the last couple spots? I I had Ryan, along with myself and Ian, and I think he he has a good shot of kind of following um, Adam's footsteps from last season, where he we all thought he was dead, and he kind of rolled up back to the uh, playoff hunt, and he made it to the final. So I think I I would have to disagree with you, Nick. I think he has he has the players, and you know if Chris Bryant comes back, he has a chance to to go far and I, I would say I'm, I would put him in the dark horse tier that you're talking about. Yeah. Like I think like, first off, it doesn't even matter if Ryan wins a playoff matchup or not. He just needs to make the playoffs. And I think number two, like as the seed that will likely face like a Ryan or a whoever in Ian, like I would much rather face Ian in round one than Ryan. Like Ryan, if I wasn't picking myself would be a dark horse candidate for me to win the whole thing. Probably, I'd probably take him over Tilla to win the whole thing. Interesting. So, I mean, he's he's been very injured. You know, Chris Bryant is still out, right? Or is he back recently? Carlos Correa has only recently come back. I mean, Ryan's got some injuries that just have held him back a bit. I think if he gets the players back, you know, in the next week or so, it, who knows? Who knows, right? I mean, I think I gotta disagree with you there. There's a there's a reason that Ryan's in the position he's in, and it's not just injuries. I mean, just looking through his point totals this season, he's he's been wildly inconsistent, uh, especially just sort of in that stretch before the All Star break. He had a, a bunch of lows. He's won since the All Star break with unimpressive point totals. So I I don't think it's it's likely that he gets anything better than a, a middling performance in a first round matchup. I I think it's like this though. Do you believe that? Ryan's underperformed, which I think Jamil and I fall in the camp that he has, and you fall in the camp, obviously, that he hasn't. But if you believe that he has, then you have to believe the reason that is is because his players in their prime 
his superstars haven't been carrying his team. Like you mentioned DeGrom and, and Altuve, and you need more than that. Well, he has more than that, right? He has Brian Correa, Baumgartner, you know, like guys like that, Springer. Like he's got the horse. I mean, I, I don't deny that he's underperformed, and I, I don't think I deny the reason he's underperformed. I just don't understand why you so fervently believe that he's underperformed through 20 weeks, but week 21, he's really going to turn it on. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. What I, what I think I'm going with is that he has the players to break out at any time, given that, you know, and maybe maybe Chris Bryant's year last year was a career year. Maybe Correa's not as good as he was last year. Like, maybe all of that happens. But the likelihood that all of those things, all of those players continue to be below their career norms to me or their breakout years just doesn't seem likely. Mm. You know what? I, I think that's that's a, a fair assessment, but we will see uh, in the near future what exactly goes down. So I, I think we're going to sort of power right through the midpoint, unless you guys have anything. But uh, what I do have for you, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Week 20. We can preview the individual matchups, but I think it would be helpful going into that if we talk about what exactly the different playoff scenarios are. Uh, and so I have talked to league manager and, and overall sort of record setter, Ken McInnes, uh, who has given me uh, what he believes to be the only possible playoff scenarios. Uh, so I can go through them with you guys now. Uh, so first up, as you all know, there are six teams that have clinched a playoff berth uh, in order in standings. We've got Jeremiah, Flex, Tillo, Cam, Mike, and Jamil, uh, which means that there are two remaining openings. We've got the conference qualifier slot uh, in the tough customers, uh, and we also have the, uh, the second wild card below Jamil. Uh, and we have four teams for those spots. We've got Ryan, Jathish, Newton, and Ian. Uh, so for Ryan to make the playoffs, he needs to win this week, or he can also make it if Jathish loses. Uh, but one interesting thing about Ryan's situation is that he can't be the wildcard team. Uh, he will be the uh, third seed in the conference and play Cam, or he will win the division and then Cam will be the conference qualifying third seed. And either way, if Ryan makes the playoffs, Cam and Ryan are facing off in round one. Uh, for Jathish, he can make the playoffs in a, a couple of ways. Uh, he absolutely needs to win, though. Uh, if he loses, he's out. But uh, Jathish win plus a Ryan loss gets him into the third seed, uh, the conference qualifier slot, and he plays Cam. Uh, a Jathish win and a Ryan win and a Newton loss gets Jathish the wild card. Uh, Ian's situation is pretty simple. Uh, if he wins, he's in. The other matchups don't matter. Uh, whereas Newton needs to win and he needs Jathish to lose. Uh, so uh, Jathish and Ryan, uh, their situation is pretty simple, but it's Newton versus Ian that is the uh, sort of deciding factor. And that just so happens to be the matchup of the week for week 20. So let's talk about it. We got two guys uh, really need a win here. This is it. This is the, the playoff showdown, everything on the line. Uh, who do you have in this one? Before we do it, that was, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. <laughs> There's a lot to take in. But all you need, all you need to know, all you need to know is that this matchup here is the who's going to get fucked up by Jeremiah oh, wow. in round one bowl. Or, <laughs> or it could be. Who has their one-way ticket to upset City? Well, who knows? 
we don't we don't need any more <laughs> residents. We're good. RKR is populating <laughs> all by himself. Jeez. But uh, I mean, that was a lot to take in. But from what I gather, the simplest way to do it is if Ian wins, he's in. You know, if Ryan wins, then he can only face Cam, which I mean, frankly, give me Ryan. Um, so I'm gonna, you know what? Fuck Ian. I'm gonna go with Garth Newton because I would love to face Garth in round one. Everyone would want Garth to win, and he won't win. Oof. So give me Garth Newton. I mean, please. This is tough. They're both, you know, have surprisingly good seasons, and I think it's it's a matter of like who deserves it more. And you know, Ian starts from scratch. Newton went with a whole bullpen strategy, and it worked kinda. But he's up big, 63.7 to 1.8. So I'm probably going to go ride that wave and go Gart Noon makes his uh, first postseason. Curtains on Ian, for sure. Well, I mean, you already knew this, but I'm going to take Ian. Uh, I think uh, I think that obviously Garth Noon has had a good day today, but, you know, Ian loves nothing if not a, a little adversity. Uh, you know, his team has played well uh, at times recently. He's had some good point totals in recent weeks, and he's just consistently found ways to win this season, even when the odds were stacked against him. Uh, and this is, you know, the ultimate example of that. I think that he's going to be able to do just enough. He's going to get by. He's going to get the the pitching performances he needs. He's going to make the the ad drops he needs. He's going to get that bullpen really cranking uh, as we hit midweek. So I think he will be able to get it done uh, and secure his place in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Your your picks are probably going to be the same in terms of me asking again, like who deserves it more, like which is like the better story here, is it Ian with uh, you know the vase winner to postseason or more of Garth, kind of doing what he working what he's had and you know reinventing himself to you know the, the team that he's had. So here's the way I see that: both teams shouldn't be here. I mean, Ian had technically no keepers, and Newton had a really horrible team last year. So they both shouldn't really be here. Um, Ian was handed a star player on a platter, but you can make the argument that Otani really hasn't played that much for Ian. But as much as it pains me to say this, I think Garth Newton's more impressive in that not only did he rebuild his team, but he's rebuilt his team in an unconventional, unlikely way. Um, He's not only done it normally, but it's been innovative. And so I think that's more impressive. Hmm. Uh, I would say that like these are both two of the most compelling compelling narratives uh, heading into the the postseason, and it's very sad that only one of these teams is going to make the playoffs. I mean, I guess from my point of view, uh, I would like yeah, Jeremiah really really summed it up. Uh, but I I think the the Ian story of just the guy nobody believed and everyone doubted, uh, who was just able to you know do a lot of little things. Uh, and make it from the absolute bottom to uh, to the playoffs is uh, a really one one season turnaround. Uh, super impressive. He put his whole team on the line. He started with nothing. He was able to to build a franchise that is looking pretty good both today and tomorrow. And uh, that's a that's a pretty nice narrative right there. Well, Drake's it, Drake is in town for a couple of concerts. So start from the bottom. Now we here is possible. And that is Ian. I mean. We're still doubting him, by the way. It's not past tense. I've it's never seen there. Stads and Drake in the same room at the same time. <laughs> okay. Gar- Newton's push a T then. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
uh, okay, but we can we can talk about the other potential playoff matchups. Uh, or the the playoff implication matchups because uh, like the like you said the Ryan narrative is very straightforward. He needs a win too, uh, and he needs to do that uh, regardless of what Cam does. Although the exact seating will depend on what Cam does, but uh, Ryan is here taking on RKR. Uh, RKR uh, looking for one last hit of voodoo magic to shut the door on Ryan. Ryan obviously looking to claw his way back all the way to the playoffs. Uh, RKR is up uh, right now 15.5 to 0.2 for Ryan on Monday night. Guys, who do you have taken this one? I mean, do you even have to ask Jeremiah? I mean, Richard, if you end my perfect season and cause me to get physically harmed, I'm going to fucking end you. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I, I just can't. If you're going to do that shit, like you took the perfect season away. That's fine. Like, fuck that. Are going to stop my boy from getting in the playoffs? I'm going to fucking lose my mind. I mean, I was going to say, like, Lightning can, you know, can strike twice, but I looked at potential Sunday match uh, pitchers, and uh, Ryan's got three three horses going and while he has one. So the odds are, aren't are very high for a voodoo point two. So I'm going to go Mad King, even though he changed his name. <laughs> uh I, I got to be honest, it's very hard for me to pick against uh, Ryan in this one. It's hard to construct a, a scenario where RKR wins, but that's something that I've said all last season. I said it basically every time RKR won this season, including his huge win over Jeremiah, the biggest win of all time. Uh, and so I think that he is going to, to thrive on this adversity and just once more uh, be able to pull off that voodoo charm and uh, I think the voodoo magic will be able to uh, to do it in this one. Y'all are on drugs. Like if you if you think that Ryan is going to lose this, it's not happening. He's going to win. And, and I mean, Ian could make the playoffs, I guess, too. So then, like, that would be a really boring end to this bet. But that's probably well, not going to happen. You never know. So we we still need people to weigh in on this. Like, I don't know why people aren't responding to this. This is like. Get your ideas in here, mm. people. Like, let's go. People are lazy. People aren't creative in this league. Like you and I are, Jeremiah. Jer- <laughs> Fuck! I hope Flex edits this out. We're the same. We're the same person. <laughs> he won't just because he hates you. Well, because I said it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you hear unedited audio from other podcasts, and they like, man, edit that out. Steve and then Steve edits it out. Uh, yeah, it's sort of the opposite effect on this podcast. Well, Steve's probably paid. Flex isn't, so that's true. Flex Flex is only motivated by revenge. Uh, okay. Well, that was fun. Uh, Jathish Jathish has an interesting playoff scenario, uh, but in the end, what really matters is he needs to win. Uh, a loss doesn't get him into the playoffs one way or the other. Uh, and so he just got a win, baby, win against respect for the game. Uh, coming off that that poor week, uh, Jatish also coming off a not great week though. So this is his last chance, his Alamo, uh, and he is up right now twenty point six points to seventeen point six for respect for the game. I mean, what what's your take? Is Jatish going to be able to win and then have a little luck? 
So what's the what's the scenario here if say like Ian Ryan and Jathish were all to win? Jathish, I think I think Jathish needs some one of them to lose. So all of them winning won't do him any justice. So yeah, like I I think he can win this matchup and think in fact I think he should win this matchup. Like people are forgetting that he dropped almost two hundred and fifty points last week. Um so respect for the game is as far as I know, has not reached 250 points this season. Well, I could be wrong. So I would just have to believe that he is going to win this matchup. But I just wonder um, if he can get a loss out of Ryan, which I don't think is – I honestly just don't think that will happen. And then if Ian were to win over Garth, how that would play out. I believe Ian has the tiebreaker. Okay. So, I mean, in the end, it might not even matter. Uh, for Jathish, but I think he's he's at least going to put himself in the conversation. I mean, I'm probably going to pick Jathish as well. This is a you know a matchup he's got to win. But just to you pointed out Jeremiah that you don't think Garth and or Ian really deserves to be in, in the playoffs. Why do you think Jathish does? Out of the three of them, I mean, he's shown more flashes of being an elite team than either of those teams, in my opinion. Like he's been to a 300 point week as far as i know he has had high 200 point weeks or mid 200 point weeks far more consistently than the other two teams have um so yeah i, I do think that but do i think he's gonna get in I, in the end i don't i would say uh J- Jathish has really excelled this season in losing matchups he should win uh, especially within his conference so uh, i feel pretty safe uh in saying that respect for the game will win and you know it might not make a uh, difference in the end uh, Jathish is in a, a bit of a hard situation but uh, it it would be nice if Jathish just went down fucking it up when you would expect kind of like for him to you know move up a level after winning Europa but it's been obviously disappointing in his end okay so we've talked now about all the teams who are on the the playoff bubble we've looked at those matchups we've talked about what teams need to do uh, but we can also talk a little bit about the Europa Vaz bubble because there are four teams that could end up in one or the other depending on the, the results of their matchup. Uh, I don't have the scenarios for this one. Uh, Cam uh, obviously did not provide those to me, so your guess is as good as mine. Uh, but the first team we could talk about uh, is uh, Ash Sebastian uh, and the money, ball- money Ballers, who are currently 5-13 and 13, uh, and are taking on Akusia this week. Uh, and right now, Ash is down 3.7 to 11.2 for Kusia. So presumably a win would get him uh, maybe into Europa, and a loss would get him into the into the Vase competition. Uh, so what do you foresee in Ash's future? I mean, this matchup, you, I, I think you can flip a coin. Um, I I don't have faith in either one, either teams to kind of put up high point totals anyway. So I'll say Ash pulls it off. And then, funny enough, just takes him out of the vase. Yeah, give me Ash as well. I got to go with that. I, I don't think Akusia uh, wants to win or will win or anything. I don't think either of these teams want to win, but I think Ash will win. Uh, I also think Ash will win. Uh, Akusia's had some tough times lately, and Ash has at least the, the semblance of a, a decent team. So I think he should be able to take this one. Uh but next up, uh, also sitting at 5-13, and 13, is our friend Aiden. Uh, Aiden is taking on Cam McInnes uh, this week, who is uh, currently ahead with 14.2 points compared to 1.4 for Aiden. Uh, so 
Cam McInnes in the lead, although he has uh, not exactly had the best time lately. And Aiden historically has had a lot of success in matchups against members of league management. Uh, so that would bode well for him in this one. But who are you guys taking? I'm not I'm not convinced that Aiden is not like league, league management in disguise, like actually criticizing itself so that we all think that it's doing a good job. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam continues his slippery slope into postseasons and drops this one. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Aiden. Uh, I think I go with Cam. Obviously, Cam has been bad lately. He doesn't even deny this, but uh, I think he's still, you know, decidedly better than Aiden. And you know, if if even if Cam doesn't think that his chances are that good, he probably wants to put his best foot forward in the playoffs. And what better way to start than the week before the playoffs? So I think he should be able to get a win here and. Uh, and knock off Aiden. I just can't see Cam winning a matchup the rest of the season, so I'm going to go with Aiden. Mm, interesting. Uh, we can uh, talk about the two teams that are, are sitting in 6-12, and 12, so currently in the Europa uh, competition, but could fall down to the, the Vase depending on what exactly happens. One of those teams is Jeffrey Lim, uh, who is taking on Richard Tillow this week. Uh, and Tillo uh, has the advantage at the moment, 12.8 to 4.2 for Lim. Uh, what do you think uh, Lim's fate is in this matchup? Um, I'm taking the alliance. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's tough to bet against Richard, especially against a bad team. And although he probably doesn't care about the outcome of this matchup, he's just too good. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure exactly what Tillo's frame of mind is at the moment. Uh, you'd think that uh, he'd at least have some attention on his team, which is good. But in either case, uh, I don't think that Lim's ability uh, to to slay Giants is going to kick in here because it's not a, a meaningful matchup. And uh, I think he probably ends up losing and, and Tillo uh, will win this one. Uh, but we can talk about the other team uh, that is currently sitting at 6-12, and 12, who is... Uh, oh, it's RKR. We already talked about him. Never mind then. Uh, well, let's just talk about whatever. Uh, we got Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you have a met, met, uh, matchup against Chris Kennedy. Uh, you are currently in the lead, 29.8 to 16.8 uh, for Chris Kennedy. Uh, do you think this is the, the matchup you win to go 18-1 and one and complete the slightly imperfect season? I just want Chris Kennedy to know that Jeremiah top. Chris Bottom. That's all he needs to know. Fuck you, Chris. I mean, it would be hilarious for after all the mixed, uh, you know, you've been bashing him, and you said you were telling him he, he was your best friend at one point into the season, and for him to give you a second L, it would, that would be pretty funny. But I don't see it happening. <laughs> Chris Kennedy is the Chris Jericho to my Kevin Owens. We are not friends. Yeah, well, he'll put you on the list, so. Mm. <laughs> the Elvis, baby. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm just thinking about how great Chris Jericho is. Uh, but I would say that Jeremiah probably has the advantage in this one. Uh, but I still love you, Chris. Uh, you're great. Uh, send me more memes. Um, post more stuff on Slack. When you do, it's funny. Come on, Chris. Should have came to our cottage. The, the barbecue was awesome. Or post at all. Man. Was he at Cottage Weekend? Was he fun? No, he wasn't. That's why I'm saying he should have been there. But that barbecue was so good. Like, I still think about it every day, Jamil. All right. That's good to hear. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, Jamil, uh, while I'm thinking about your barbecue, I also think about your team. 
uh, and specifically your team's matchup against Jeffrey Chow this week. Uh, it's, a, it's a matchup that, you know, that doesn't really make a difference to either of your fates, but still a, an important matchup. And you are ahead with 14 points compared to 12.3 for Chow. Do you think you'll be able to, to see off his threat? Uh, I mean, I'm happy I won last week, so I kind of don't have to be so tense on the last week of the season. If you know, But I'm happy to be in the postseason for the seventh straight uh, year. So I, I think I should be able to be to do just fine and you know continue the momentum that I have coming in going hopefully give myself a good chance in the first round against Flex. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that to just be locked into a matchup? I mean, I talked about it in Slack today. Like uh, I I rather have anybody but Adam to be honest cuz not just I don't really care about what like the roster that he he's had. He's pretty much like I said on Slack. He's pretty much the Cavs and I'm the Raptors. And whenever we face on the postseason, it just doesn't end well for me. So <laughs> this would be the third straight year I meet him. So let's see if my luck changes. Well, first of all, Jamil, I would say congratulations on your playoff streak. Uh, I I would argue it's maybe the most impressive streak uh, or impressive milestone in the entire league, your consistency uh, of making the playoffs. But uh, regardless of your potential playoff matchups, I do think you should be able to knock off Jeffrey Chow. Uh, you're obviously the more talented team, and the records reflect this. And uh, I think Chow is really focused on the the Vase competition right now, and uh, I know he really wants to win that. So uh, I think that sort of preparation on his end might lend you an advantage here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, well, we've got a, a major showdown, a potential playoff preview uh, in the works brewing up here between Flex Fox and Mike Kaminsky. The stakes are not not high on this one. It's a it's a just a, a rubber stamp match, but they could be high in the near future. So I'm sure both these guys want to make a lasting impression on the other. Uh, and right now, Kaminsky is up 54.3 points to 22.1 for Flex. So it's been a, a big Monday for both teams, but. Uh, Kaminsky has jumped out to a, a key lead here. Uh, guys, who do you think is going to be able to have the honor of winning this matchup? It would have been more nicer if this had more meaningful like implications. You know, like if they both had the same record coming into this, but sadly it's not the case. But uh, I don't know. I'm probably just going to – I'll go with Mike. Yeah, I mean, neither of these teams is particularly frightening at the moment. So – I'll go Mike, but, I mean, really, would any of us be shocked to see Flex win a low-scoring matchup? Probably not. I'm, and I'm also picking Mike because uh, I'm disappointed uh, Adam only got nine apples. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like you guys both have watched enough wrestling to know the guy who's standing tall at the end of Raw, he's definitely losing at the pay-per-view. So on that, that merit alone, I'm picking Flex in this one. I think he'll be able to win this matchup, but that will not bode well for his chances come uh, come playoff time. And uh, I think that we all know who's going to end up slapping who at the the end of the day. Well, I like that. I like hearing that from my end. So hopefully, uh, yeah, win the win Monday Night Raw, Adam. Anyway. So, so if like if Flex beats Mike, where's the slap? Like in the in the postseason? Yeah. Uh, don't then Mike would have to travel to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> and if. <laughs> And if uh, <laughs> sorry, if uh, Kaminsky wins, it's Pittsburgh, the, right? The the rendezvous in the, the Steel City, yes. Why the <laughs> fuck did he pick Pittsburgh? Like of all the Such places, like ass. yeah, like 
<laughs> Mike's not even from Pittsburgh. Like, he should have been like, you got to fly to Warsaw. That would have been great. <laughs> but honestly, if this if this happens, uh, this has to be, like, filmed. Like, this has to be, like, a vlog <laughs> for both sides. That would be amazing. You know, the travel. You got to vlog the travel. Everything. Like, HBO 24-7. <laughs> But for oh, like, yeah. but for like the day before <laughs> the yeah. slap, like twenty four yeah. hours before the slap, like I'm waking up, yeah, guys. Commentary. Yeah. Puts like, yeah, he puts on like some moisturizer on his face <laughs> to like help the burn. But it's in Polish, so we don't understand what that it's actually moisturizer. So there's like subtitles. And uh, the, be, be great. The last two minutes of the of footage <laughs> is just the slap. That yeah, was it. yeah, just slow mo slap. <laughs> and put the credits at the end. That's it. <laughs> See, I don't know. I feel like we got to cut right before the slap so we save something for the sequel. Oh, oh my god. Keep Roger, keep a sequel? <laughs> what? Sequel. The slap no, part two. All right. <laughs> the slap. It's just HBO like special. Some, one of the montages <laughs> like at the hospital. Yeah, after that. Let's just... <laughs> With like bags of apples beside his bed. <laughs> just like... I woke up alarmed at how I got here. Then I remembered my face was purple. The doctor said I suffered six broken clavicles. Part- my eye will never open. Like <laughs> I don't know. You know? I can narrate. I'll narrate. Two opens you know? at a funeral. The slap heard around the slap <laughs> to death, dead. bro. <laughs> no, that right. uh, content. It's good to laugh. Yeah. yeah. It's healthy. Uh, it's, it's good what matchup? Well, too bad me and Richard's gonna ruin that. And mm, both yeah, double upset. So. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> it's only if they face off, though, right? Like they have to face yeah, off. Yeah, I think it has to be a meaningful matchup. Like consolation <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right. God, pray for that shit. Uh. Okay. Uh. The. The only matchup I think I'm neglecting is mine between myself and Garth McInnes. Uh, I've got 22.4. He has 22.7. Real thrilling stuff. Uh, okay, the challenge for this one, uh, we can't beat that last high note. So I'm going to say uh, pick your winner in seven words or less. Shit. Uh... Actually, you know, can I make it more of a challenge? Make a haiku. Five, five, seven, five. Oh. I'm not gonna be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, could you like oh, a rhyme about, do, you, do you guys Fuck. know limerick? Can you do a limerick? No. <laughs> well then, you know what? Do what you like. Well, okay. This ma- this matchup is boring. I want to end the show. Unless it's that twenty four seven special <laughs> <laughs> about flex slapping Mike on HBO. There you go. I probably can't top that's, that. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, um, yeah. Since you enjoyed my barbecue so oh so much, I gotta go with the man here. <laughs> mm. uh, okay, I'm pretty sure this is a haiku. <laughs> okay. Nick Penner will win. He is the coolest guy here. Okay. This was a weird show. <laughs> So go. one line in a haiku is true. <laughs> Ouch. I, I didn't say one line. You could be the coolest guy here, and the show could just be normal. 
That's true. But I'm also going to lose. <laughs> oh. It's not hurtful. You're in Europa. It's fine. Yeah, take that. Into- I feel like this title. Is, this is just like the midpoint, but at the end. This is the best part of the show. People like this. Yeah. Don't people like this. People, people like our banter. Don't enter, don't edit this out. Don't don't edit this one, Flex. <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. Hey, can I ask you guys a, a personal question? Yeah, go for it. Do you guys like like drink anything during the show? Yeah, yeah, water. Water? Water if I'm thirsty, mm. but you know, I'll, you probably could hear me snacking once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Mm. Like- yeah. See, well, normally I drink either water or beer, oh. but today I, I had this jug of lemonade, so I've been drinking lemonade. And it's weird. Like, lemonade is good, but only like to a point, you know? You know what we need? We need like America's Got Talent, like Dunkin' Donut cups. Mm. Yeah. AGT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those would go great on our audio podcast. I had some bubble tea once. Well, I had oh, bubble yeah? tea this weekend. It was so good. Which coffee, one? Coffee bubble tea. Uh, oh, coffee. coffee. Oh, I never had that. Yeah. Mm. that From where? Idea. That's a good question. Though. From where? Uh, chat time. Oh, you're in the club, buddy. Chat time's the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm an, uh, I'm an elite member. I got the black card. With my okay, so so before we get off the air here, I, I gotta know, like, what the hell is with this Jamaican patty bun thing? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Why is everyone doing it? It doesn't look appetizing. <laughs> Well, okay. What the hell? It was a. I think it was originally an argument in Slack. I think I saved screenshots somewhere, but it was an argument okay. in Slack where people refused to believe it was a thing, and then Kaminsky com- yeah. convinced everyone. Kaminsky convinced everyone it was indeed a real thing <laughs> for people to do, and then people uh, have been progressively trying it over time and, and giving reviews. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it good? You tried it. I I'd, that, like. So. I I liked it. I I thought it was a general improvement over just a patty. Well, like hmm. when me and Richard picked up Ian, he he just had that patty and he was like saying it's life changing. So, <laughs> uh, Ian doesn't know life changing. Make the playoffs, kid. It's life changing. <laughs> That's how I see it. Have all the patties you want. So, all right. Cool. This is that time. <laughs> okay. Well, well this uh, has been eye-opening. Um, anyone got anything to, be to say? Home. Good night and good fantasy. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Shit. Yeah.